Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Kaiju Conversation. I'm your host, Elijah, and today we are doing the second ever Kaiju Roundtable discussion. Now, is it a Kaiju Roundtable discussion? Is it a Tokusatsu Roundtable discussion? Is it a Kaijin Roundtable discussion? Or is it a giant monster roundtable discussion? All of these questions will be answered as I am joined by some lovely gentlemen from the Kaiju Conversation Discord. We've got Juan. How are you today, Juan? I am quite well. Doing good. How are you? I'm wonderful. We have the lovely Geek Rage. Hello. It's very calm, Clint Collective. Get ready, he's gonna be screaming in a few minutes. <laughs> that was pathetic. <laughs> hey, Rage and, is in my name for a reason. <laughs> and we have the wonderful William. Hello, everyone. And today's discussion will be what is a kaiju? What is tokusatsu? And with this, we'll also be establishing yokai, kaijin, seijin, and henshin. So, a lot, of, a lot of stuff to talk about today. So, we might as well get into the podcast. Uh, but before we do, uh, just I'd like everybody going down in the order I introduced everyone in. Um, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uh, tell us who you are and... Uh, yeah, so we're going to start with Juan, and then we'll go to Geek, and we'll wrap up on William, and then we'll hop right in. All right, uh, my name is Juan. I've recently joined the server. I've been trying to get a little bit more into kaiju and tokusatsu-related, mostly Japanese-based. Uh, I was introduced by Godzilla, and I've grown up with Godzilla, and... Well, I'm here now, and I've been learning a bit more. I've been getting into stuff like Ultraman and all those things. Um, that's all I, I can really say. I'm a kaiju artist. I do very surreal type of artwork or whatever, but yeah, um, it's nice to join this podcast. First podcast I've actually ever been on. Nice. And then Geek? I'm uh, uh, GeekRage1337. I've been in the Discord for a little bit. I've been into uh, kaiju since I was a little child. I've been at this for a little bit. Um, and I have a YouTube channel by the same name that I really need nice. to give more attention to. <laughs> and then William. Hello, my name is William. Kind of like... Juan here. I, too, am a kaiju artist. However, I am fairly new to it, so I don't have much work done so far, but for those that are interested, I have a DeviantArt account under the name Maturian for those that are interested. Godzilla, of course, was my introduction to kaiju and tokusatsu genre in general, but as of recently, I've really gotten into the Gamera trilogy from the Heisei era, and I've also been thinking of dabbling back into Ultraman, as I did once watch the original series when I was a child. 
Hmm. All right. All righty. So, starting us off here, um, I think we should discuss what everything will probably fall under, or possibly not. Um, tokusatsu. Do we all know what tokusatsu is? Um, tokusatsu to me is anything to do with practical effects. That's under its definition. Mostly practical effects. Uh, no, not CGI, just in any practical effects. But I like to define it by Japanese or American. Just like say, like most of the time, people understand when you say tokusatsu, they'll think. Oh, you're talking about a uh, Japanese, because mm-hmm. if you try to say American, they, they wouldn't quite understand it. They wouldn't really understand the conversation too well. So it's just best to keep it regarded for whatever it's called from whatever region. I see. Geek. Um. Do you want like the like more? Practical definition, or do you want my personal definition? What What does tokusatsu mean to you? We're, uh, we're okay. starting off like that, I think. All right. Well, tokusatsu for me is basically, it's a very certain style of filmmaking that is usually very similar to what Tsuburaya did back in the Showa era. Usually mm-hmm. with suits, major buildings uh, for its sci-fi storytelling. Um, though technically this even means that even things that aren't Japanese, like let's say Young Gary, that would still count as tokusatsu. Even though it's not Japanese, it's Korean. So to me, it's a filming style that normally uses filmation that was made popular by Tsuburaya back in the uh, Showa era. That's what tokusatsu okay. means to me, or how I would identify it. Okay. And then William? Well, for my definition, it's sort of broad, but tokusatsu, at least to me, is a genre of either film or TV in which it mainly comes from the Western world, like China and Japan, but it's not necessarily limited to those areas where it requires heavy use usage of special uh, practical effects with maybe some assistance of special effects, such, for example, maybe the occasional beam or source of light. Uh, but it can also transcend multiple... But despite the fact it has a very distinct style to it, it can go across multiple genres, like horror, sci-fi, fantasy, and such. But of course, the main common trade beating the Uses of suitmation, models, miniatures, and such. All right. So I think it's safe to say that we all define tokusatsu as a genre. Right? Yeah, I'd agree. It's a a genre. Okay. So, So we've established that tokusatsu is a genre. Now, one thing I heard frequently was mainly practical effects. Now, let me ask you guys this question. Would that mean you don't count Shin Godzilla as a tokusatsu film? Or Jellyfish Eyes? 
Well, in the case of Shen Godzilla, it's, well, for the actual movement and design of the suit, of the character itself, uh, well, Hideaki Anno actually specifically designed Shin Godzilla to have a very distinct texture to his skin to make it look like he could have been made out of a rubber suit. And not to mention the fact that there is one shot in which Godzilla's second form is smashing through some buildings where they actually did use like a prop and, well, it was like a stand-in prop with some miniature buildings. And, although it went unused in the movie, they did build an animatronic for Shin Godzilla. Okay. Yeah, I would say with Shin Godzilla, it does use CGI uh, heavily. But the way that it's filmed, the way that the monster is designed, and there is actual props to it. They even use, like, a mo-caption suit for the monster itself, but they also hooked it up to where... Uh, the actor would have to move like a Godzilla suit. I would say that it's definitely more... It falls under that tokusatsu genre. Not to mention to add to the fact that not only was it motion captured, but the actual actor that played motion capture for Shin Godzilla actually asked to have a wooden mask that resembled Shin Godzilla's face to get more into the character. Okay. Geek, do you have anything you would like to add? I can't talk about jellyfish eyes, but Shin Godzilla, I think, despite it being CGI, follows a lot of the other criteria that, uh, again, the special effects that were used, like, again, Super Eye's techniques were used in the filming of Shin Godzilla. And if you use those techniques, even in a CGI or, uh, like, a, even if, like, it was a video game, like a 3D Realm or something, like, tile thing, where all of it was CGI, if you're using Tsuburaya's techniques in most of your film, I would count that as a tokusatsu film, such as his filming techniques of camera work, his techniques of, uh, you know, again, uh, how do the creatures look? Like, do they look humanoid in design, if you will? Do they move with weight like someone's in a suit or whatever? Shin Godzilla does that. Now, I can't talk about jellyfish eyes because I have not seen it. Okay. So let me guys let me give you guys some context for jellyfish eyes. It has kaiju or it has monsters. We'll we'll establish what a kaiju is later on. It has monsters. There are monsters in the movie. However, all but one of the monsters is CGI. And CGI is used Throughout the entire film, they replaced all of the practical with CGI. Would that count as tokusatsu, or would it not be tokusatsu? Because hmm. it used the film elements that were popularized by Tsuburaya back in the Showa era? When, when you say that, there's a few things. Are you referring to matte paintings? Are you referring to suits? Uh animatronics, puppets. Uh, when, when you say what Tsuburaya used, which part are you referring to exactly? Mostly the style. like Kind of like you said, sort of like all of that. But there's a certain feeling you get when you watch, you know, the old Showa Godzilla films or 
even uh, those that were inspired by him, such as Ga- like you know Gamera, uh, Ultraman. There's certain feel you get when you watch Tokusatsu that's different from if you watch even something similar that never took notes from him. Like for example, one could argue that because of the practical suit effect that is in the original Alien, one could argue that's Tokusatsu. But if you watch Ultraman and then you go into Alien, the filming's different. The backgrounds are different. The way the suit and how it moves doesn't move like a Super Lion production. So I wouldn't call it Tokusatsu. That's kind of what I mean is does it, when you look at that stuff, does it have the same effect of feeling you get when you would watch something like that? Where you're like, yep, this is in the same genre. This feels Tokusatsu. I I don't feel Showa era from Jellyfish Eyes, and I would say the same for stuff like uh, uh, like Ring. I, I I don't get those Subaraya feelings from Ring or like the Bloodthirsty trilogy or House. Mm. All right, mm. and those uh, House and the Bloodthirsty trilogy, all those came out during the Showa era. So. Yeah, I I mean, I'm sounds of it. Like to me, I find tokusatsu. It is very hard to really pinpoint because really, in general, it, it just means practical effects. But how I define it is, I'd say Geek's way of defining it is pretty close to how I define tokusatsu. Like that. Okay. So. Yeah, that that's my view on it. And say something like Jellyfish Eyes or Ring, it doesn't have that tokusatsu feeling despite being practical effects. I wouldn't put it under tokusatsu because I believe it would create confusion of what really, when you talk about tokusatsu, what we talk about as tokusatsu, it caused cre- uh, confusion. I do want to say I do know the actual definition of tokusatsu is, uh, you know, special effects. But, you know, I am talking about what tokusatsu means to me. So technically, mm-hmm. under the definition, similar to how uh, Ring would be tokusatsu, the original Alien would be tokusatsu in that effect. I do want to know, I do know that definition, but the question was asked of, you know, what does tokusatsu mean to me when I think of it as a genre? And mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. All right. I don't want that confusion out there. Yeah. So my question to you, Juan, and if anybody else would like to pitch a, uh, pitch into this, go for it. So what would you consider Jellyfish Eyes or Ring if they're not Tokusatsu? Um, if they're not, I would say, that, uh, especially like Ring, that to me I would put under a horror or J-horror. Is how I would associate those because they sound more of a. I don't know much about Jellyfish Eyes, but I know Ring is definitely more of a horror film. Mm-hmm. Jellyfish Eyes associated like with. I was just gonna say Jellyfish Eyes is a kids movie. Ah. Um. So it's the opposite of horror. Okay, so I guess that could just fall under general practical effects, like. Oh, it's CGI. Yeah, it's or oh, it's CGI. Oh, I'm stupid. <laughs> okay. Um, 
then that's not practical effects. It's just CGI. I don't know how I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know how to put it into a genre. But Ring, I know. Ring, I feel as it, it's under uh, J horror or the Tokusatsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would kind of feel the same way. And in fact, it's kind of funny you use Ring because Ring is what I would use as the golden standard of style for J horror. So if you wanted to uh, put something that could use practical or CGI for its storytelling, but instead of it being filmed like a, a Subaraya production or Ultra Q episode, it's instead filmed a little bit more horror-oriented, I would definitely put it more under the J-horror genre that I believe uh, Ring actually started. I think Ring it was actually. the... Uh, actually, okay, go ahead. Uh, I was actually going to say let's uh, let's let's go with what you, with what you were saying there. So mm-hmm. if tokusatsu is a genre, would we agree that J horror is a genre as well? Yes. yes. Sure. Yes. Okay. Now, geek, you said that ring is kind of like the standard for what J horror is, and you are accurate. It, it's what really started the term J horror. But there were horror films in Japan before Ring. Um, as an example, Gojira and really all the Godzilla films are considered Japanese horror films. Um, I think the most famous of the early uh, horror films is House. I don't know if anybody has seen much G-horror. But House is very different from Ring. Um, most horror films before Ring are very different from Ring. Um, stuff like House and Kawaidan are very art housey, um, you know, vibrant with colors and and whatnot. And then you've got stuff like the Creature Features or uh, or the Bloodthirsty Trilogy, which are vampire films, and uh, and like Wolf Guy, which is a werewolf movie, but it's also a kung fu film. So, what would classify as J-horror? Would, would those not be considered J-horror? Um, then? If we're talking in terms of Godzilla, uh, mostly in maybe more of like 54 or Shin, but I really wouldn't put or label the other Godzilla movies as J-horror, just because, you know, there's not a feeling of fear you really feel as an audience member. It's more of a feeling of, what's the word? Um, maybe suspense at most, right. but not really like, no, I guess you could say like, if you're not scared of something that's in J-horror, you know, you could say, oh, that's not scary. So I guess it's not J-horror. But I mean, like, you watch like 54 or Shin or Ring, you can tell that's meant to kind of really go deep into your mind and horrify you of what you're seeing on screen, just like the characters are. I don't well, really get that feeling from other Godzilla films that often. Yeah. Well, uh, I think I think the reason that because of that is the fact that because you still have to take into the historical context behind the original Gojira. Like, keep in mind, yeah. Gojira was released like a little bit less than a decade after Hiroshima and Nagasaki were attacked 
So to show an audience a movie that is a showing a physical or I guess a monster representing such a terrifying Holocaust that it would affect that audience so much more because of the fact that it was a real event that happened recently. But of course, now that we're like way over 70 years later after the event, the, I guess you could say the, the aura that the original film gave off is now I guess you could say faded because of the fact that the that event is so far from us now that it really couldn't give the same kick that it would have back in the day. Um, to say with fifty four, what I like to say about it is that I feel it could definitely be more under a horror genre. Just because not only the fact that it is a black and white film, but that's not the only reason. It's the atmosphere that 54 has and then the message behind it. But that atmosphere and a lot of the shots that 54 has can be very terrifying and very unnerving compared to a lot of Godzilla films, even more so than Shin. Shin was great, but nowhere near the atmosphere 54 had when it comes to pure horror and pure shock. There's something eerie about it where I could put it under horror. Yeah, just to uh, add on to that, you also need to remember about inspirations for 54 as well. I believe, uh, I want to say a year, we had the Lucky Dragon incident also happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, About seven months prior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so seven months, yeah. Where we had the Lucky Dragon incident um, as well, that also like went into the creation to help create uh, Fifty Four. Yeah, and, and you are also right and on that's, atmosphere. And that's as where well. the inspiration for the beginning scene came from—the scene where we see the Fisher boat and Godzilla emerging. That was supposed to be a reenactment of said event on the Lucky Dragon. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Fifty Four is a situational horror film. Is kind of what I'm getting at. You could still classify it as a horror film, and there are still scenes in the film that even to this day I would definitely say are disturbing. But again, it's what it was probably at its absolute scariest when it was first released. Mm-hmm. Well, simply because of the fact that it was depicting a disaster that the world had well at least japan anyway was still recovering from Mm -hmm. not only that um 54 itself the suit design is actually designed not only after a tyrannosaur and stegosaur it's actually designed after the victims of radioactive poisoning and burns which is why he has the tree bark-like skin and all exactly. the tumors the, on him. The, tex- the texture of the suit was made to invoke keloid scars. And actually, during the early stages of the monster's design, Godzilla was originally supposed to be having was supposed to have a mushroom cloud-shaped head. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing is uh, the agreement is 54 is horror, 
Shin is horror, but none the none of the rest are correct. I don't know, Hedora. Hedora, I think, could be underneath uh, psychedelic horror. Would you label it under the genre of maybe J horror, though? I'm yeah, I, I I think I'm. There is some very disturbing things in that film. Uh, some very disturbing psychological things with that film. Like when uh, he was in the. I think it was a bar, whatever the character was in, and then all, every all the heads like started turning into fish. Everyone started turning into like fish, and it's—I don't know what was going on in that film, but it—it it was disturbing. <laughs> Especially uh, when uh, Hador like goes over things, and you see like you drenched in whatever uh, the pollution Hador is, or you see skeletons yeah. and. I could put that under horror as well. I see. Uh, and I, it's not just limited to the show era. I would say like a few films in the Heisei series would actually somewhat delve into horror. Well, more specifically, Biolante, I would say, definitely can fall under a horror category. Destroy ya. Okay. Yep. Destroy ya too. They both have scenes where the title monsters are directly attacking the humans. And destroy it, and destroy it especially, because, like, it really gives off a, I would say almost an alien, like, as in uh, Ripley Scott's alien. Yeah, it, it definitely gives that very alien-like vibe when the destroyer crabs are crawling around, they're killing people off, they're hiding in vents or outside, they're... And it was it really diverged from plus there, the main plus scenes scene of the film. Where, like, they take out the flamethrowers and start burning at one of them, which I am like fifty percent sure was supposed to be a reference to John Carpenter's The Thing. Could have been, very well could have been. So, okay, so Tokusatsu and J horror are two genres. One is about heavy use of practical effects, or is made in the same mindset as what Subaraya really started with this craft. J-horror is movies filmed as a horror film with horror elements. Do I have that correct? Well, that sounds about right to me. Yeah, that sounds about correct to me. I don't know, because J-Horror has this very specific thing that separates itself from other horror movies. Again, you, so, Alien, or The Thing, they have a very different feel than things like, you know, Ring or, you know, uh, The Grudge Call or... Yeah. yeah, there's like a very different, unique style to those films that are very different from American horror movies, where I don't quite know how to put it to words, but I would disagree on the whole, you know, again, because under that definition of it just being, a, you know, horror film, then couldn't you say J-horror is just regular horror then? Then why couldn't we count uh, Freddy I, as J-Horror? Could we count uh, The Thing as J-Horror? But there's a very particular a, style that feels like it separates itself, if you will. 
I'm going to actually ask this next question that might help establish that. Now, one argument a lot of people have is, oh, the Marvel films are tokusatsu. The Star Trek movies are tokusatsu. Yet, when it, and we've established that tokusatsu's genre. J-horror is also a genre. We've established that. Mm-hmm. Now, J-horror means specifically Japanese horror. The J means Japanese. So, is it safe to say that all J-horror films have to be from Japan? Not necessarily. I mean... And why is that? Hmm... Well, it's mainly because of the fact that any studio from any country could use either the same or similar filmmaking techniques, either used for tokusatsu or J-horror films, in their films. So, like, for example, an an American studio could use techniques used by Tsuburaya or other J-horror filmmakers in a movie and have it be released in America. So, technically, by definition, by using those techniques, it could be classified to be in that genre, despite the fact that it was made in America. Okay. Uh, I mean, I could agree with that. Um, Because there... But I feel like it, yeah, it has to really all go down to style and intention. Like, like to, I mean, a like good example. To, like to ask the question of can you have a tokusatsu film made outside of Japan is kind of the same question as to whether or not, like, you, American animation and anime are in the same genre. It's yeah, a hard question to ask, and technically, to some degree, you could say, well, you could make either argument that it is or it isn't. It really, however, I think to me, it really depends on the person. It there is no textbook definition of it. I would no. say, I mean, it's kind of, it's for for a more accurate comparison, it's kind of like asking. It's kind of like trying to find a definition of what a dragon is. Like, you really have to look at it to really know it, I would say. Yeah, I I, I can so agree there. But you can't I, clearly define it, I mean, at least in some cases. Like, with tokusatsu, yes, there is indeed a definition, and we've discussed that earlier. However, there are some exceptions I would think that would not necessarily fit all of the guidelines but would still be considered a tokusatsu film mm-hmm. kind of like um, a good example I could bring up is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man a lot of the fight scenes and how they were done in those movies felt like tokusatsu uh, just the way they were filmed the way the fights were especially the first movie the fight between Spider-Man and Green Goblin uh, it really felt like a tokusatsu type of style of fight uh, in the end. 
but it, I wouldn't define the movies under tokusatsu because it's the whole movie itself isn't exactly that Subaraya type of style. And right. I feel like, again, it's better just to generalize your tokusatsu as having that Subaraya style. And I'd say maybe to be more broad, not from just being from Japan, but just fe- being from more e- the East in general. Okay. Now, I also, uh, before Geek uh, chimes in here, um, I'm also going to throw this out there. If you guys want to discuss anime versus animation, I support that. Because I think that also, it, it definitely, it's all the same debate. Is, can you consider something like Pacific Rim the Black an anime, even though it was commissioned by a Western company with a Japanese studio, is it anime? And that's Can not even consider... getting into the whole Avatar The Last Airbender is an anime debate. Mm-hmm. I mean, go for it. So, I, I don't know if Geek wants to chime in here, but he might after that. Um, so, what do you guys think if we're going to add the anime versus animation debate in here? Hmm. Well, I mean, with anime... There's a very particular st- style to what people define as anime, which does avoid general confusion, because literally you could just say all animation is anime. It's just a different term. Uh, but in the end, how people generalize it, there's cartoons, there's anime. While, yes, it's the same, anime is just Japanese cartoons, even though Japan is cartoons that are styled similar to ours. It's just... Based on perspective of things is what it mostly comes down to is perspective. And I would say that anime for me, I would generalize it as like your shonens, your different uh, like Japanese animated style thing. So like Pacific Rim, the black, that I would consider under the anime style, even though it was commissioned by western it is still in the anime style okay i think it's um it is anime is the style of something of a uh, particular design philosophy when it comes to things like character design uh vehicle design like you can have stuff inspired by anime but a lot of times, some things can actually have their own style that's different from anime, if that makes sense. Where it looks similar, but it's not the same. Whether it's animated in Japan, America, or elsewhere, there's things that maybe other people would consider anime I would not count. Just because so, its visual style doesn't match. What I'm getting, What I'm hearing is... Anything can be anime, but it has to fit a certain style, correct? Yes. Yes. I would say so. Okay. So just like our Kukusatsu and J-Horror definition, they have to fit a certain style. Yes. Yes. Okay. So stuff like Yongeri, Monster from the Deep, is not from Japan, but you would consider it Tokusatsu nonetheless. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now, would you 
if somebody said it was inspired by tokusatsu, would you have any comments on that? Would you agree or disagree? That would be my big argument. Because you said MCU is tokusatsu. Well, Ant-Man was inspired by Ultraman a little bit when they were making that movie and in the design. But if you watch uh, anything of Ultraman, then you watch either Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp, the style is completely different, where I would not count them as tokusatsu at all. So, for me at least, uh, I'm going to kind of summarize all three, all in one. So, I think to be tokusatsu, or to be anime, or to be J-horror, it has to be from Japan, or to be considered that. Uh, As an example of why I think that, Italian horror films are not typically called horror films are always it's always clarified italian horror there, there there's a word for it i don't know what the word is but there is clarification for it and i think a lot of countries have clarifications for what they define as their genre for science fiction i think it's always going to be in the tokusatsu or the anime genre they don't specifically have a they do but i don't think it's you know as popular as those two uh, when it comes to a science fiction film however then the you know there is the question of well what about young gary or you know something that is japanese but is foreign like super inframan my peking man Yongari, um, The Revenge of Dr. X. And in those cases, I think it is a little harder to define because all of those have Japanese products. Revenge of Dr. X had a plant monster built by Toei. Uh, Mighty Peking Man had a Japanese uh, suit designer. Super Inframan was inspired by Kamen Rider and... Ultraman, and it features work by Toei uh, Studio Hands. Goguri was made by Toei, and it was shipped to, to South Korea. And, uh, you know, Bulgasari, of course, had some uh, Japanese stagehands working on the film. I, I wouldn't classify those, however, as tokusatsu by my definition. Um, because the the work was made in a foreign country, it's that country's science fiction, not Tokusatsu, not J-Horror. So I I wouldn't establish, or I I wouldn't say, like I I don't think Pacific Rim is Tokusatsu, even though it was made with Tokusatsu in mind. I don't think it it passes the mark because it is not inherently Japanese. It doesn't feel like um, tokusatsu. I was going to say, it feels very tokusatsu-inspired, but its storytelling is very, uh, you know, Amer- uh, Americanized, if you will. Or sort of, you know, the way how it tells its story, the way how the characters act. You know, it doesn't 
feel tokusatsu enough, if that makes sense, where I wouldn't count it myself. Pacific Rim, to me, is a unique case, because to me, now, I love Pacific Rim, but I I am willing to admit that it, it... it is not necessarily a tokusatsu film, and I can understand that. But what I think of Pacific Rim was... I don't think Pacific Rim specifically was supposed to be a tokusatsu film. It has those vibes, yes, but it is not a tokusatsu film. What I think what Pacific Rim was trying to be was that I think it was trying to almost be like... It's supposed to be... It was to be an homage to tokusatsu genre in, in general, yes. But it was also adding elements from American storytelling, which I think was the real purpose behind it. Combining Asian and American storytelling into one film. So, I think we've pretty well discussed tokusatsu I think we're, unless anybody wants to add in anything else, I think we are at a standstill with classifying what we think the genres, the big genres are that we will be primarily discussing throughout the rest of the recording. Does anybody else have something they'd like to add? Uh, I I think we're good. I was going to want to say uh, your uh, definition of tokusatsu having to be made in Japan or had, uh, you know, Japan somehow involved in its uh, development, even if I wouldn't agree with it, I do think it's a very, very fair way if you wanted to do it where I don't think I would completely disagree with it or see. Now, why, why is that? Mostly because I've heard a lot of people argue that with anime, and I think it's pretty kind of fair. If you wanted to consider anime as just animation and it has to be made in Japan, you know, that is, again, technically what I think a lot of people kind of go by. So if you took that same sort of definition yourself and used it for tokusatsu, I would say that's pretty fair, even if, again, to me at least... I would like make, again, just by the feeling of it, special cases, even if they don't follow the rule, if you will, of it being made in Japan or by Japan. I personally say if you can fool me into thinking it is Japanese, even if the Japanese had nothing to do with it, I would count. Also, yes, by my definition, the MonsterVerse is not Tokusatsu. No, it's not. So mm-hmm. I, I just want no. to throw that out there. Now, actually, Sorry. let me ask you guys this. Monster Hunter. The games originate in Japan. The movie was made by Sony, a company that is very well established in Japan, and Toho co-produced it. And we all know who Toho is. Mm-hmm. It was made by an American team, but everything backing it essentially was based in Japan. Would you consider Monster Hunter, the live-action movie, Tokusatsu? Hmm. 
I would say not. no. 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 I would put it in whatever genre we got right now where D War kind of fits into or whatever those recent uh Chinese movies that have been made with a lot of like fantastical elements, like dudes surfing on giant snakes while like shooting like full auto arrows or whatever. I have no idea what those films what genre that is. I don't have a name for it. I would not say it crosses under Tokusatsu, but it's there's definitely some sort of genre there. I don't know what it is, but there's something about those films that feel very different from everything else. That kind of feel like mm-hmm. it's doing its own thing. And I would more label Monster Hunter under whatever that genre is. Well, Monster Hunter to me is just a fantasy action adventure. That's fair. Actually, something that I did, I just thought of. So, and I guess this can kind of sort of lead into the uh, next topic of discussion. Uh, King Kong would be considered a kaiju, correct? We will get into that very, very soon. So, but. Let's go to one side of the argument and say that King Kong is a kaiju. By that definition, would the rest of Ray would so this leads to the possibility that King Kong could be a tokusatsu film. Now, I'm not saying that that it is it is one or it is not. Could that open up the possibility that other Ray Harryhausen films or Willis O'Brien films? Could be considered tokusatsu. If if King Kong, like the thirty three film, is considered tokusatsu, then yes, the other Harryhausen films are tokusatsu. I would say they get close, but they're not the same. Because again, the the tokusatsu style of storytelling is not there. That's no. what's missing is the way how the story is portrayed, how the writing style is, and what the inspirations are. And they feel more like they're inspired by, again, sort of more, um, I guess, the, may, hopefully the correct word would be sort of a Eastern or, or whatever a style of writing and storytelling. Western? Mm-hmm. Western, maybe, if, if you're referring to, I'm, I'm if trying you're to, referring to Asian, I'm not uh, Asian. It's Eastern. American. Uh, okay, so Western. Oh, Western. 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 Okay, I'm yeah. misspeaking. My brain. I had a brain fart there trying to figure out. <laughs> I can't tell my directions. I'm an old man. <laughs> but no. Uh, basically, it felt very Westernized in their way of storytelling versus that Eastern philosophy of storytelling. Now, their effects do get kind of close, but I wouldn't call them tokusatsu. Also, claymation, they don't, like, what's the word, hit the same as a suit, if that makes sense. But not, but Tsuburaya even used stop-motion animation in his films. That is true. He did use like stop a, motion. King Kong versus Godzilla. They used a bit of stop motion for those films. In fact, there's even like one shot in particular where they used puppets. Yep. Mm-hmm. Puppetry, um, stop motion. But what's the main thing that is mostly in the film? Guys in suits. 
suitmation. Is there a lot of suitmation in Harryhausen's space? Well, I actually. So, if we're considering King Kong Tokusatsu, wouldn't that mean the '76 film and the '86 film are? Because they use again, suitmation. They use suitmation, and again, they get close, but I wouldn't call them tokusatsu just because of the storytelling elements. It's very similar to anime. There's a particular way that Japanese have their stories written, if that makes sense. Even when they're Western inspired, there's still just, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something about how they make their stories that feels completely different than how we write ours. Okay. All and right. you need to have that writing in order for it to count. Mm. I see. I think with, yeah, I agree, that writing, but also with, like, different type of effects they use, like building miniatures, suits, etc. And uh, having that Tsuburaya style, that's the tokusatsu. I oh, would definitely want to consider uh, the pyrotechnics. Yep. I, I would also say um, usage of score as well. A lot of films will use their score, and some use it better than others, but Tokusatsu has a certain way with how they use their their music, if you will, and their, their shots that you don't... That is very... Doesn't. Again, <laughs> I like I, it's the perfect mix of everything that makes it feel that way, if that makes sense. Again, it's you have to almost see it. You see something, and it doesn't feel right, it's probably not tokusatsu. But if you see something, and it all matches up, the patterns all match, you, you, you know it when you see it. Okay. I feel like I'm the odd man out, because like I have, I'm like, if you're not from Japan, if you break the borders of Japan, you are not tokusatsu or J-horror anime. Oh, and that's abs- well, it's absolutely a valid opinion to have. Yeah, that's yeah, that this is valid. I, I, can I agree also with think that. you have the. I also think you have probably the majority, and you just happen to get in your roundtable a bunch of weirdos that just sort of have their special <laughs> cases in mind. <laughs> a bunch so of that's also pretty, probably it. Of, we could, you, like so, I'm unlucky. <laughs> I, I picked. <laughs> maybe yep. I picked the wrong people. Et is the only one that shot. Et's the only one with a wrinkled brain, while the rest of us are smooth brains. Yeah, that probably sounds about right. His 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 brain you can surf on, and ours is like a nice, calm, relaxing summer summer sail. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, geek, you if it, somebody knows anime terms, you might be able to help me here. Is it an uh-huh. otaku that's like very like? Set on like it has to be Japanese, is that right? Uh, depends on otaku because otaku means different things uh, <laughs> in Japan versus American otaku. But I would say if you were to ask your average otaku over here, they would agree with you on if it's not from Japan, it's not anime because most otaku's okay. I've met that identify as otaku's. They do not like Ruby. They do not like Avatar. And they're like, those are American. They are not anime. Get that trash out of here. Wait, wait. Ruby is not Japanese. No, no that's it's my not. Rooster Teeth. Mm-mm. That's my American just, company. My, 
my my whole perception of one of my coworkers has changed. They are not a, they don't like him. <laughs> uh, well, that, well, that's the thing. It's like I just said. I would because again, see, you didn't know that. If you looked into it and didn't know who made it, you would be fooled into thinking it's the anime. It's the same thing with Avatar. That's how I kind of would define this. Is if you don't know who made it and you're like, yep. This feels like this fits into this genre to me. And then you find out afterwards it wasn't the Japanese who made it. That's when I would go like, good job, you nailed it. I count. Well, actually, uh, about the not looking into it argument, there actually is a small flaw with that. Like, it doesn't matter like whether or not you're watching Avatar on a physical disc or you're watching it on Netflix. You'll always see the Nickelodeon logo come up. So... <laughs> I mean, if well, watching, what like, happens if you watched it without knowing Nickelodeon had anything? Even if you like didn't know, like you know what I mean, if that makes sense. Whether yeah, you know it while browsing a I channel, mean, yeah, if you had like every yeah. episode somehow without the Nickelodeon intro on it, then yes, you could be fooled into thinking that it's an anime. But I'm just saying, in most circumstances. A, the common person would not likely fall for the idea that Avatar is an anime. It's I'm saying well, it's, I'm not saying it's impossible, in, just unlikely. But what about let's say Afro Samurai as well? Because Afro Samurai has all of those American logos before it uh, starts as well. Something I want to uh, bring up is Otaku. Azaku, uh, the actual definition is a young person who is obsessed with computers or particular aspects of popular culture to the detriment of their social skills. Yep. That, that, Again, um, well, if that's that the is case, not... then the world population has a lot more otakus than we initially thought. <laughs> <laughs> Again. That's a Japanese definition. There's a pop culture definition to things, and then there's the actual definition of things. Like, uh, like E.T. said. Uh, that's again, not we ja- talked about That's not the Japanese definition. That, 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 that is the Japanese. That's the only definition by the dictionary. Like, that is the only definition. If you go- I've, I've heard it used in a context of somebody who's like old-fashioned with their anime or something like that. Those mm-hmm. are old takus. Those are different. Old takus. Okay. What? Old takus is a play on words to otaku. And they're people who are usually very into older anime. Usually 90s or 80s. And they're only into that and they're not into any newer anime. Or anything past 2000, usually. They're called old takus. So, why don't we switch gears here? And let's let's go back to what William initially brought up, which was kaiju. That is, yep. I think, going to be the big discussion. I didn't realize it would take us an hour to talk <laughs> about tokusatsu J-horror anime. I was expecting everybody to say, like, their piece and be over in, like, 10, 15 minutes. But looks like I don't have to pad the runtime. You got the so, weird people. Yeah, well, I got the weird people that <laughs> disagree the, with me. On the plus, I've got a deluxe edition of a 
episode of Kaiju Conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I'm pretty sure every episode I expect to be over in like an hour, and it always like we record and it's like two and a half hours in and we finish. So, I'm I'm a train wreck when it comes to figuring out how long we're gonna be. Um, <laughs> it's past an hour, Zeke is. I'm trying my hardest to behave, but I may start misbehaving, and I apologize in advance. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's okay, Rex. We'll have a whale of a time editing. Well, I say as long as we keep the the conversation concise and we don't go into many too outlandish areas, I say we could probably get this under two hours, maybe. I fully support outlandish ideas. They made me rich. (laughs) Okay, so the next topic will will be, it's a big, big thing, but we're going to try and break it up in each individual. So, kaiju, what is a kaiju? And then we're going to establish, I'm I'm going to base this off the Wikipedia uh, page. Kaiju has subcategories. You've got daikaiju. You've got Haijin, you've got Seijin, and in Seijin, you have Henshin. So, we're going to establish each of these definitions as we go. So, we're going to start with Kaiju, then Daikaiju, then Kaijin, and then Seijin, and we're going to establish what the difference between a Seijin and a Henshin is. So, first of all, what is a kaiju? Um, we're going to start with Juan, and then we're going to do Geek, and end on William. And so, we'll go ahead and get started there. Alright, so the most basic way I could put a kaiju. A kaiju is anything, as I see, any monster or any beast that is from specifically Japan. I would say is a kaiju. Like, that is the best way to define it. That is the way to not cause confusion. Easy and simple to the point. That is how I would define a kaiju. Eek. Kaiju. I would say kind of, again, there's three things a kaiju would have to be in order for it to count for me. Um, number one, it has to be living. It, it can't be like, you know... Like, it has to be, like, a living creature. It can't be something mechanical or anything. Because that's a mech. That would be a mech, a robot, or, you know, something else. Two, it has to be a sort of above a person's normal size. This could be anything from maybe eight feet tall to, you know, 100 meters tall, if you will. There's no maximum size that a kaiju can be. But it has to be a little bit of a on the bigger side. If it's like a little bit smaller, or it's something that's like you know the size of your kneecap or whatever, I wouldn't really call that a kaiju. And then finally, similar to what I was saying before with anime and tokusatsu, in its design, it has to be definitely in that Japanese inspired of how they designed their monsters, because American monsters have a very different philosophy behind how we design ours versus how the Japanese design theirs. And that's how I would count a kaiju versus not kaiju. 
Okay. And then William? Hmm. I would say the definition of a kaiju is a inhuman creature. Not necessarily, like, inhumanoid, but because there are some kaiju that are humanoid in shape that are considered to be kaiju. But any inhumanoid creature that is from Japan, uh, that, of course, is larger than a human. Obviously, that too. That, to some degree, has abnormal abilities. So, just for example, being able to breathe radioactive fire out of their mouths, or maybe having something very unnatural about their design, like having three heads. Okay. Can I can I add something on to this real quick? I was just thinking about it. For kaiju, another way I'd define it, if it uses something similar, even if it's a CGI kaiju, but it uses something similar to that of tokusatsu-like um, effects, or using tokusatsu, like, say, a suit, or its design is based off of a suit-like element. I think that's also a good way to define the kaiju as well. Okay, so I have a your def- question uh, for one. Would you consider the xenomorphs from Alien a kaiju? Um, mm. To keep it relatively simple, no. Uh, it's not from Japan. And while it does have that type of it is a suit. It is not a kaiju. It is American. I, I think it doesn't have that type of kaiju style to it either. Um, the closest I can really I, say the Alien franchise coming to having a is maybe the Alien Queen in Aliens, but no. Yeah. Um, so let me let me ask you a question, Juan, and then I've got some questions for everybody else. So okay. you said that it has to be from Japan. Yes. What is different with kaiju than tokusatsu or J-horror? Um, like, why is kaiju specific to Japan and the others are not? Uh, well, the thing is, in the style, I would say that the more like I think of it, you know, it is better just to relatively have everything. Whatever something's referenced in Japanese. It's easier just to say it's Japanese. There could be times where there's a style based off of it. Um, it gets kind of confusing in the meld, but I would say to stick to the basis of when someone mentions a kaiju, a kaiju, you're mentioning a Japanese monster. When someone mentions tokusatsu, you're mentioning a Japanese-styled filming uh, and story. And then when someone's mentioning J-horror, well, Japanese horror. I I think it's just easier to strictly say the basis is from Japan than anything to avoid confusion. Because you could really get into perspective of everything, but to keep things short and simple, simple, I believe it has to be from Japan. Okay. And then Geek. So, you said that a kaiju... Could you, ref, could you re, re, refresh me? Sorry. 
uh, three things. Got to be living. It's got to be on the bigger side of things. And finally, it has to follow. When you look at how Japanese design their creatures, they have a very okay. kind of specific philosophy in their design that's different than how we design our creatures. Okay. So first things first, would you consider the 11-foot-tall man that lived a kaiju? If it's not, a, if it, since he was larger than your average human being, um, not really. That's the thing of what I would say. If there was, let's say, the eleven-foot-tall man was not a real person and was instead a, he's supposed to be a creature in a movie, and that's his only gimmick is he's an eleven-foot-tall dude, and it's the horror of what if you had somebody who's way taller than you, just sort of like messing with you or whatever. I wouldn't really count that because it doesn't follow the Japanese uh, philosophy of monster design. It's very Americanized design because Americans just like taking regular creatures we see and changing maybe a little thing, maybe here or there, but most of the time not, and just changing its size. A lot of our okay. monsters we tend to do tend to do that. Now... Uh, the director of Singular Point in an interview said the Graboids from Tremors were, was his favorite kaiju. Though he did say he wasn't sure it counted, that's what he said as his favorites. Mm. What do you have to say to that? I say he's perfectly right. Um, I can understand his confusion because a lot of people do believe that kaiju have to be Japanese. But the um, Graboid from Tremors is not it doesn't really have that sort of too much of an american philosophy in its design where it's just a bigger animal it's its own creature that's unlike you can see its inspirations from real creatures but it's not a real creature that could what, what's the word maybe exist realistically because it's just know. too out there. so why is the xenomorph not a kaiju, or do you think it is, and I'm putting words in your mouth? Uh, I would disagree on it, because a lot about its design is very uh, realistic and practical of an actual living creature that could exist. Wouldn't um, the same be said for a graboid? Yep. Well, that's the thing. There's not a lot of, like, creatures with, like, when you have, like, a little mouth inside of your mouth, like, you know, it's part of the same sort of creature, if you will, where the alien is sort of like a parasite, which is similar to a lot of different insects, if you will. Uh, what, what's the word? The Graboid just, again, it's sort of something you need to kind of look at, and you notice it, and you go, yep, that's that, or no, it's not. The Graboid, well, again, can be I, designed can by someone Japanese. And I'd be I'd like, but the I'd like xenomorph is very French in its design. I'd like to add something to this. Um, <laughs> when the director was stating his favorite kaiju, I would say that he just meant because remember, kaiju in Japan just means monster or strange beast. So he's just going yep. on how they say it in Japan. He's he all yep. he is saying. My favorite monster is the graboid. But here's the thing, Geek. I don't think you could say that about a Graboid because a gra because the thing is a Graboid, by my definition, it isn't a kaiju. 
but you can't just say because it looks like a certain creature that you would see. Because in a lot of our kaiju films and tokusatsu films, we have things like Kumanga, Kamakuris. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mothra. Mothra. Mebus. Game Mebus. Gizora. Exactly. Ebra. Ebra, exactly. But do they act like the creatures they're based on? Last time I checked, yes. you know, moths don't, like, cover everything in dust that can explode. Or happen to run to the back and call of two little fairies, if you will. But Kamakuris uh, acts like Kamakuris a is a fairy. Yeah, but that's the thing about... And Kamakuris, <laughs> I would kind of argue, and not really... I would definitely... Even though it's Japanese... Um, what's the word? It depends on which version of Kamakuris. Because the original Kamakuris, I would say, doesn't really feel like a kaiju to me. But Where the one in Final Wars that can turn invisible, well, isn't that what go. the question is go. of not what things would be? Well, what is this conversation? Are we asking about what everyone else would label a kaiju or what we'd label as kaijus? What you label as kaiju. Yeah. I would not label original Kamakuris because it's just a giant mantis, similar to the deadly... Well, actually, wait, because it doesn't really look that much like... Despite it being a mantis-like creature, mantises don't have red eyes. It's eyes are red. Same with uh, manga, because it has, like, crystal eyes, which spiders do not have. Like, its eyes are all wrong. Again, there's something different about it, where it, it, it's like what America would make, but it's not just a giant version of it. There's something off of it. Making mm-hmm. it strange, if you will. Like a strange beast and all that. Yes, and that kind of goes back to one of my criteria when it comes to a kaiju. They have to have something strange or abnormal about them. Like, of course, with the Mothra example, she's fully capable of, well, at least the sh- she both has her twin priestesses, the Shobijin, but she's also able to communicate with them. Or, for example, like many of the ultra, many of the Ultraman monsters, like a lot of none of them, the abnormality. Not, it's not just with their powers; it's also the fact that there's their designs. Like with a lot yeah, of American, mo- ask- a, like with a lot of American monsters, they usually. Although not always, they are usually rooted in designs based on actual creatures. With kaiju, on the other hand, their designs, they can just be as... They can get pretty crazy at some times, especially if you go into the Ultra series. Yep. Again, that's why I said the third part is it's that Japanese philosophy... There's something very unique about how Japan does things versus everyone else that no one else can really do. And at first I wanted to say, because I wasn't thinking of Kamakuris' design, I was more thinking of how they sort of work. So I was about to say, maybe Kamakuris isn't a kaiju. But then after taking a closer look at his design, he looks praying mantis kind of inspired. But he doesn't look like just a giant prey mantis, though. Well, exactly. It looks like it's own none, thing. Like, well, none of them are really. I mean, like all the all most of the Godzilla monsters are based on existing animals, yes, but they have lots of traits that differentiate them. 
from those animals. Yeah. Like, of course, like, you got Kumanga and Kamakuris, for example, but um, you also got Megalon. He's based on a beetle, yet he's capable of launching bombs from his mouth, and he has drills for hands. Okay. Uh, that's, like, that, that's why I say it's easier just to categorize these things if it's from Japan or not. Because then you get into a really broad perspective of, okay, what 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 makes a kaiju? When simply put as, okay, it's a monster from Japan. I, I think that is the easiest way to define a kaiju. But what if a monster, like, when you say from Japan, though, what if a film has a monster that's from Japan, mm-hmm. and then it shows up, and its design is very Americanized? And it's an American I mean, movie. If they call it a kaiju in the film, would you say, yep, that's a kaiju? Or would you, or Pacific Rim? There we go, Pacific Rim. Would you call the, the monsters in Pacific Rim that are called kaijus, would you say, yep, those are kaijus? Or would you say, they may be called kaijus, but I don't agree, they're not kaijus. Kaiju name Tino. They are not kaijus. I would not call the monsters in Pacific Rim kaijus. They don't have the design to it, and also it's not from Japan. I'm probably going to be the odd man out for this one and say that to some degree that the creatures that we see in Pacific Rim, I would to some degree classify them as kaiju. However, I do still think that the argument that they are not kaiju is valid because of the fact they do not come from Japan. However, I think with most of the designs, I would say they are so abnormal, and especially like when it comes to their well, just not just the creatures' designs, but also like what some of them are capable of doing. I would say that. I'm more leaning to the idea of them actually being kaiju. However, I think, objectively, it is more lenient towards them not being kaiju, but I will say that it is indeed a splitting matter when it comes to Pacific Rim. I personally would count them as actually kaiju because they feel by their, again, designs very Japanese in philosophy of how they design their monsters. Because, yeah, there's some stuff that are based on real animals and look a little bit more hyper-realistic, but there's enough of them that are kind of changed up enough or weird enough to where it doesn't just feel like we just took something that already existed and just made it bigger. Like you see with a lot of American films. Like in a lot of our monster films, we like to just take something that already kind of exists and just say, yo, let's just make it bigger or make people smaller. Or what if we made this and made this? Where the kaiju from Pacific Rim feel very much like their own distinct thing. If that makes sense. Right. So I'm going to count them as a kaiju. You're not going to confuse a kaiju from Pacific Rim as an actual living creature. Mm. Plus, one thing I would, plus, one thing about Pacific Rim that almost any other kaiju you can't really say has is because of the fact that 
it's mainly because of like I'm guessing because mainly because of the fact that the creatures from Pacific Rim were designed by the same group of people, but with like the way the skin is textured, like you would see all different kind. Like it's mostly a combination of grays, blacks, and even some greens. But like, cause like when you see like the very almost exoskeleton like texture to some of them, and just, like the little lines of colors of blue and green going across the bodies, the Pacific Rim kaiju, they all look similar, but they are also very distinct from any other kaiju in any other kaiju film. Like, you could look at them instantly and you would know that it's a Pacific Rim kaiju. Hmm. What What's your thoughts on this, E.T.? I think, uh... Most of you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Um, so... The, the, the thing about kaiju... For me, at least, and we're going to get into this when we start talking about the different classifications of a kaiju, is they can come, I think, in any size. The definition of kaiju is strange beasts. Humans are animals. Humans can be strange beasts. The giant teacher from Attack of the Giant Teacher is technically a kaiju. But what is he exactly? We'll get into I think kaiju is like tokusatsu as it's a broad umbrella that covers a ton of different things. I don't think it covers specifically giant monsters. I don't think it covers Ultramans. I don't think it covers uh, Mechagodzilla. I, I, I agree with Geek on that. I don't think kaiju means robots or no, mechs. I agree with That's that. That's a whole mm-hmm. other panel. Um, but I think kaiju is different from monster because not every kaiju is a monster. Pigmon from Ultraman, I would argue, is not a monster, but he is a kaiju nonetheless. Right, but they still call him a monster. But yes, he is a kai. He is a kaiju still. Yes. Um, and that's the why Wolf Guy. Um, Wolf Guy is a kaiju because he's a strange beast, but he's not a giant monster. He's a werewolf. Exactly. As I said, kaiju to me is just from Japan. Uh, a strange I would agree beast with that. Or monster from Japan. It doesn't even have to be monstrous. It doesn't even have to be a monster. But if it's some strange beast or being from Japan that was made in Japan, that's a kaiju. I I think it has to be... Now, he does have a good argument. What do you consider the kaiju from Pacific Rim? And with that, I answer their kaiju in name only. They are kaiju because in the film, they are called kaiju, and it's like saying 98 is not Godzilla. It is Godzilla. It sucks to suck. It's <laughs> Godzilla. It's kaiju. That being said, however, they are not what kaiju to me are. Kaiju are Japanese creatures exactly. that are different from your typical everyday 
creatures. A human is not a kaiju, but a wolfman from Japan is, is a, a kaiju. kaiju. But a wolfman from America isn't a kaiju. Correct. It is a monster. I'm waiting on Geek to tell me I'm wrong. Most of the stuff I believe we're talking about here is mostly, uh, again, it's mostly just sort of subjective. We're not talking uh, objectively. You'll find the reason. You'll find something to say I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I, I can't say. No, no from... I'm trying on my best. Sorry, John. The Japanese. Now, when you ask them what's a kaiju, Japanese, they're just going to think a monster. They're they're not going to think of it how we're thinking of it. To be absolutely truthful with you, because kaiju to them just means strange beast or how they would say monster. Uh, they wouldn't try to differentiate it because I don't think they really, for the most part, care too much to those type of things. Now, actually, Juan, let me ask you a question. Is Legendary Godzilla a kaiju? I will say Legendary Godzilla is... It, it may be Godzilla, but it's not a kaiju. I, it doesn't have the kaiju uh, design to me. It doesn't have... What about Dora or Mothra? Not a kaiju. They're westernized. They are from the West. They are made in America. It's, okay. Not a kaiju. Now, King Kong. And King. and I think this is where everybody will jump in. But we'll see. King Kong. Kaiju, no kaiju. No kaiju. Mm, King no kaiju. Kong. I think it's only but a King kaiju. Kong... But the King Kong from Toho is a kaiju. But the King Kong okay. out of Toho is not a kaiju. And then everybody else, what's your take? Kong, kaiju, no kaiju. Depending on the Kong, I would say. Then go ahead, establish what, what Kongs are kaiju and what Kongs are not. I would call the Kong from 33 because it's sort of its own thing. And it's not, and even though it's heavily inspired by a gorilla, he doesn't really look that much like a gorilla. And he doesn't act that much like a gorilla. So I would consider him technically a kaiju and not just a giant gorilla. Uh, 76, I believe. That one just feels like he is just a fake gorilla. So I would not consider him a kaiju. Uh, Toho Kong would consider him a kaiju. Uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong, he has a bit more personality to him and a lot of other like, things that would distinct him where he gets close. But Due to the fact that, again, he looks very much just like a giant gorilla with just some scars on his face. And even though they gave him more humanistic characteristics, he's not weird enough or different enough to really feel like he counts. So he does get close. And then we got Monster vs. Kong, which is totally 100% a kaiju. Because it's designed, again, it's very much like 33. It feels inspired by a gorilla, but they change a lot of his characteristics. They added a lot more ape species to his body to where he feels like he counts as both a kaiju and, like one said, an Americanized or Westernized style. He's kind of like, again, the Pacific Rim kaiju, a sort of mix between the two philosophies into one. 
to where I think it's fair to call him either or. Or I like the classification that Legendary did do. The more I think about it, is Titan by calling them Titans. Oh well, Titans to me are like to me they have to be from Greek mythology and just look like big mountains of people. That's what I think of when I think of a Titan. When you're trying to call well, some giant the term monster Titan, a titan isn't taken right. from Greek mythology. But the reason no. why they were called Titans is because of the fact that they were the original gods. And that at some point, well, quite literally, they went under the earth and went to a sort of stasis, I guess you could say. Now, yes. what, what reason they did go into hiding in the first place, we'll probably never know. But it's made – the reason why they were called Titans is to – sort of give them a similar backstory to the actual Titans in Greek mythology, which at this point is pretty much confirmed as of GBK. And I will say, calling them Titans probably was the smarter option, as the Tokusatsu and Fandom already had like a huge debate on whether or not the Pacific Rim creatures were kaiju or not so i think legendary didn't want to make the same mistake with gvk and the monsterverse so they just ended up calling them titans okay now i have one final question if uh this podcast became strictly monsterverse should it be changed to titan uh conversation not kaiju conversation at that point, we would change it to Titan Truth Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll admit, that would be pretty clever. So, in the, in the wiki, it classifies that you also have Daikaiju, Kaijin, and Seijin. There's also Yokai. So, I'm going to have each of you just brush through what you think. We'll have general discourse, and we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Okay. So, Juan, you want to get us started? All right. So, Daikaiju. Daikaiju simply means greater strange beast. To me, that means giant. A Daikaiju is usually a giant beast, a giant monster. Things like Godzilla, things like the Ultraman Kaiju, like... Any giant monster of Japan is a daikaiju. That's what I defi- the um. That's what I would say a daikaiju is. That's how I define it. Um, yokai, yokai, I think are more because you could have daikaiju that become part of yokai because yokai are these fairy tale like beasts from Japanese tales from Japanese fairy tales. I think they associate more as yokai uh, for their kind of mythical aspect and for what they're based on, it would be a yokai. Things like... Uh, more spiritual, like kappas or yeah, uh, daimajin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That that would be more yokai-esque or stuff, even, or Orochi. 
Hiroshi would be a yokai. Um, so, yes, that, that's how I define yokai. Um, and then the others I'm not too familiar with, unfortunately, except Kaijin, which I guess is more humanoid from what mm-hmm. I've heard. I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're going by there, I'd say it's just a more average humanoid, very, very humanoid like kaiju would be a kaijin. Uh, but then you have other well, others like um, War of the Gargantuans, you got Giras or the Frankenstein. That Those could be considered daikaiju because they're giant. Even though they still... So do you think do you think there's some crossing over there like they're both? They're a daikaijin yeah. in a way? Yeah, I, I would say there's crossing. Okay. And then, uh, just just so you know, the definition of a Seijin is a star human, star man. Okay, so um, that's like Ultraman. Alien, usually. Yeah, yeah okay, alien, so... Humanoid aliens. Okay, so that yeah. that's like Ultraman, your zillions, uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that, so... Yes. Okay, yeah, I... And it's from Japan. All of these, I will strictly say, are Japanese bases. They're from Japan only. Because that is the best way to keep everything just orderly and not as confusing. Because then when you start getting broader perspectives and going to literal terms, it gets more confusing. Okay. And then Geek... Uh, I would mostly kind of agree with one, except uh, depending on who you would say would be, uh, you know, uh, like uh, Kaijin would be, to me, uh, a strange person. That's what I would label the uh, 50, um, 50-foot teacher, I believe, where, or Attack of the Giant, Giant Teacher. teacher. I mean, Attack of the Giant Teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, but... Uh, basically, that's what I would label that movie as, is a kaijin, if you will. The giant teacher would be a kaijin to me. Because they're a person. So kaijin. Just... Yeah, die kaijin. Yeah, uh, die I would use if, like he said, it's just a bigger version. So to me, again, kaiju would help with size. But technically, my definition of kaiju would more better fit with probably die kaiju if you were being more broad or being more objective but to me daikaiju and kaiju is what i think of when i think of the word kaiju so daikaiju is so mostly defi- what i think so, of so by that definition is the 50 foot woman a daikaijin no uh yeah that'd be a kaijin yes um mm-hmm. by that sort of term but again that's more the yeah actually yeah because it's kaijin to me uh is different than kaiju because Kaijin is also less weird, where it's just a bigger sort of thing of something else. Or mostly person, if you will. Yes, uh, it's um, humanoid. Yeah, it has to be humanoid. Like, for example, the deadly mantis that's just a giant prey mantis or tarantula, which is just a giant spider or attack of the giant gila monster. They would not be, I would consider, kaiju, but they would also not be kaijin. They would I just see. be uh, monsters. Then you got got... Uh, 
star person, which I forget what that Japanese Seijin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, Seijin would be something like, again, they would be aliens. These would be basically things that would not really count under the kaiju sort of thing because it's not weird enough. Or there's like an intelligence kind of to it. And again, it's very alien and unknown, if you will. Uh, for example, again, when I was them. arguing that I would not count aliens as kaiju, but I would count aliens as sagins due to the fact they have a high mind and predator. Predator is probably closer to sagin where xenomorphs would be more like, you know, depending on who you ask, they could be either or, or, you know, someone says, no, because they're not Japanese, they're French in design. But to me, they would more go under sagin than kaiju. Due to their alien nature, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then we also. Oh, wait. You had yokai. You still have yokai geek. Yeah, yokai it would be, to me, anything based off Japanese mythology. And that is stuff that's like their sort of history. Like, Oni would be yokai to me. Okay. So. Japanese mythology inspired. Would Daimajin count as yokai to you? The, I don't know that much, but he does seem like something that would fit within what I've seen of Japanese mythology, so yes. Okay. What, a, what about something like Ghidorah from GMK? Because uh, he's based off no. Orochi. Because it said he's you Orochi. Have... Well... I would not really... And they are spirits. True. But just because you're inspired, again, everything kind of has to have that feel. It's not inspired. It's stated that he is Orochi. He used to have eight heads. He's growing them back. Well, he's not... Well, he no, he didn't use to have eight heads. He is a baby Orochi. That is what it said. Okay. Either wait, way. is this mon- wait? Which one is this then? Is this Monsterverse GMK. or GMK? GMK. 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 Okay. GMK. You know, you actually, know with that, that design, I would. No, I'm. I'm checking. I just got confused because I thought you guys said Monsterverse. I'm like, what? No, he's from space. But mm-hmm. no, I would count him. You'd count him. Yeah. I would count him as kind of both, because he's also still a big uh, strange beast, if you will. Yeah, I would count him as kind of both, though. Yeah. Yokai Dai Kaiju is probably what I would call him. Yokai Dai Kaiju. That's a mouthful. It is, but, you know, that's kind of if you had to label him as something is what I would label him. I see. And then William... I would actually have to agree with almost uh, everything when it comes to Daikaiju and such. But the only one I could really disagree with is the definition of yokai. Okay. Uh, now, yokai, would that be my definition or one's definition? Uh, both your definitions, actually. Okay. Yokai, I mean, there are a few elements about them that 
about them that I will agree. Like, of course, they have to come from based on Japanese mythology. That I will agree mm-hmm. on. However, I think where it starts to deviate is the size factor. I think to some degree there has to there would be some kind of size limit when it comes to yokai. Outside of certain yokai, they are generally either around the size of humans, smaller, or only slightly bigger. Okay. Like, probably not exceeding maybe mm, 30 feet, I would say. Okay. So if it exceeds 30 feet, it's a kaiju. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Or a kaiju. Yeah. Yes. But if it is smaller than that, and then you know, I would consider it a yokai. Okay. Hmm. I see. Well, let me... I, I had a question. Oh, so I got a question for everybody. So the, the general consensus is a kite, or I guess not so much for one, but for William and Geek, the consensus is a kaiju has to be larger than a human, right? Mm, yes. What if it's... It, it, let me, so let's say there was a mutant dog, but it wasn't a dog. It, it was like a, a weird alien or something like that. It was larger than your typical dog, so it's larger than what it's most closest to. Or like it was a like Lizzie from Rampage, but smaller, but still larger than an average crocodile, but not an actual crocodile or alligator. Would those be kaiju because they're large or daikaiju because they're larger than what the real life counterpart is? Or does it is it solely based off of a human? Are you people narcissists? Well, that depends. <laughs> How large is it? Larger than said animal. If a, like, let's say it's uh, a St. Bernard is the largest a dog can be. If like, it's larger than a St. Bernard, but not larger than a human. Mm, like Clifford, the big red dog, when he was a small wee lad. But not... I think you get what I mean. I guess you yeah. would could consider a kaiju, but in order for to be a dai kaiju, it would probably have to be roughly around the size of a building. So a building is what we what you think a dai kaiju is, or around the size, or maybe even bigger than a building. Yes, that's what I would define kaiju to be. At least when it comes to its size, and, anyway. And what size of, like, the average height? Or, like, what? how big is this building that we're establishing? Uh, like, a, I guess your typical skyscraper or office building. I, now, if I'd that's like, the case... <laughs> oh, go ahead. I'd like to say, for me, a daikaiju is anything bigger than your average standard home. Okay. 
Just like your average thin home, like something that I think two, really two, for so me. Two floor, two main floors in the basement. Yeah. Is that really standard though? Because there's some people who their standard home is like okay. an apartment room or okay, you got yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. How about I say this? Anything I think daikaiju is anything I think the smallest daikaijus I've seen are around twenty meters. I think twenty meters and above is a good way to estimate a daikaiju. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Because I was gonna say, if we're going off a of skyscraper, then fifty-four doesn't count because fifty-four <laughs> is very much smaller. <laughs> so here's oh, an interesting question for us: How do we feel about the Titans on Attack on Titan? What's our level on those? Mm. Those are larger than than buildings. Some well, of them I mean, are. The Titans come in many different sizes. You well, got well, depend, well, ones on that the are Titan, barely the size a... of a person. Well, the tight with those titans, like some of them have like their shoulders are going over the wall, and some like their heads are just barely peeking over it. So, and like, yeah, it's, I'd roughly say they're daikaiju. They're daikaiju. What about Komatakun? What about Komatakun? Komatakun is is a daikaiju, but he's only I think sixteen meters tall. Hmm. Or maybe I should say not just like how tall, but also in like length, or, or like Kamada. Let's see, Kamada Kun. Do they have to be massive? They have to be massive. Is the point? Yeah, they got to be. Yeah, they have to be big. Okay. And then Geek, what what was your uh size limit? For what a I would, for like what a I said, now I, well, like I said, technically, my my actual size a little more kind of do you like what I would count a daikaiju, but because I mostly enjoy daikaiju and that's what I usually base my kaiju off of, most of the mm-hmm. stuff of what I would consider kaiju is more what I would think of a daikaiju, because to me, daikaiju and kaiju are sort of almost one and the same, even though they're typically different in the actual broader terms, if you will. I see. Oh, he's so again, to me, it has to be. It has to be bigger than twelve feet, which I believe is. Yeah, I believe. How much is a meter to a foot? I think about three. I feet thought it was like meter. seven feet per meter. Or uh, actually, yeah, it's three feet. Three feet per meter. Three feet per meter. I thought that so, was a yard. Honestly, meters. I I'd say that. Uh, as I said before, anything around 20 meters and over. I mean, Kamada-kun kind of falls under that. He's 14 meters. He's just a bit behind from 20. Okay. So, I, I'd say maybe maybe 10 meters. We could lower the bar to 10 meters and over. How yeah. big is uh, the Destroyers in Godzilla vs. Destroyer when they're messing with humans in their vents and stuff? Like 8 feet tall? Yeah, like eight to ten yeah. feet, I would say. Yeah, that's a kaiju. Would... That's not a daikaiju. Yeah, that's, that's what I would kaiju. consider. Those are yeah, that, that would be kind of my limit of calling that a kaiju, but it's smaller form that feeds on fish. I would not call a kaiju. Mm 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 mm. I would. I the uh, yeah yeah. 
Actually, would you would you call like would you call Destroyer's microscopic form a yokai? No. No, it's a, no, no it's still it's, a kaiju. I'd say that Destroyer is a kaiju regardless. I'm not, I'm not saying but that I'm not saying he's that not I think a die it is. kaiju. I'm just, I'm just until his later form. I'm forms. just putting the idea out there. I'm not saying I actually think that. It, Destroyer has no spiritual connection, so I don't consider mm-hmm. him kai, uh, yokai. Okay, okay. So yeah, just, no. just yeah, he has of... no mythological spiritual connection. Right, so yeah, Destroyer I would not consider is, him yokai. So Destroyer would not necessarily be a kai a di- So Destroyer is a kaiju up to I mm, dai kaiju. Yeah. He starts as a kaiju, he ends as a dai kaiju. So when which yep, form, exactly at which form do you think would he start becoming a dai kaiju then? After the human-sized uh, one. After yep, the human-sized human so, one. And he starts to get to so, the size of Junior, he's Daikaiju. So, he, so his aggregate form, then? Yes. All right. So I'll bust through my, uh, my uh, definitions, and then we'll go ahead and wrap things up. So Daikaiju, okay. uh, larger than, I say, 20 feet. Um, if it's... Or, like, if it's at least 1.5 times the size of whatever its quote-unquote real-life counterpart is, um, 1.5 times uh, that size. A kaijin is any humanoid thing that is not human, or like a gorilla. Um, if, if it's not real life it, it, and it's different, it is a kaijin. A seijin is any humanoid, so by the definition of kaijin, that falls over to seijin, but it has to be from outer space. Um, yokai is anything mythological or spiritual. Um, and then henshin, we didn't talk about that, but henshin is anything that transforms. Um, that's what henshin means, is transform. Okay. Um, does anybody have any last remarks they'd like to say, referring to the discussion? Mm-mm. Um, no, I'd say that it's perfectly clear. And as I said, uh, ten meters is um, which is I think about no comments here. Yeah, I, I, I don't have much to say. I would just say, um, I know I am wrong. But it was all just sort of my sort of subjective opinion on the entire thing. If I really oh, wanted yeah. to get to the objectiveness versus the subjective of what these words mean to me, that would be a completely different conversation. So just want to make sure that's out there. This is was supposed to be a subjective piece. This is not me saying if you disagree with me, you are wrong. You're probably right. correct. And, yeah. and one thing I want exactly. to say is... Uh, there is apparently some books out there in Japan that have clearly clarified and established what tokusatsu is, what a kaiju is, what a daikaiju There's apparently books out there that have clarified that. I haven't read them. I don't know anybody who has. I've heard about them very recently. We are not the experts, and we are just fans being fans. Um, that is why this podcast will cover Ring, and we will... Say it's tokusatsu. That's why we'll cover Onibaba and say it's tokusatsu. Mainly because I got a list from a friend and they put it on there. And you know what? I'm not going to argue. 
it's more Japanese content, watch it. Even if it isn't actually Tokusatsu. Um, thanks to everybody who hopped in here. I appreciate it greatly. It was a fun conversation. We've been talking now for almost two hours. Almost two, not exactly two. Um, before we go, however, if you guys want to link anything that you'd like to, go ahead and tell people where they can find you. Um, we're going to start with Juan, then Geekin, then William. So Juan, is there any place you'd like, or anything you'd like to link, or... Yeah, nah, I'm all right. All right. I just enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> Geek. Um, I will say if you uh, if you want to get a hold of me, there are two really good ways to find me. One is YouTube at a Geek Rage thirteen thirty seven on YouTube, and the second way is I am a regular of the Kaiju Conversation Discord. So if you pop your head in the Discord, you'll probably find me there. Usually right. in the PC. And then, and then William? Uh, I a Deviant account where I post my kaiju art. It's Maturian. Uh, I will probably have a comment under the video when it goes up on YouTube showing the proper spelling of the name, just in case you may need help. And I, too, am also on the Kaiju Conversation Discord server for any of those that wish to come and talk to me. All right. And then we'll go ahead and wrap things up here. So I'll go ahead and link myself, and then we'll close things out here. I'm Elijah. I'm the host of this lovely podcast you've been listening to for about two hours. I have a YouTube at ET13 Productions. I have two Twitters. One is at ET13 Productions. The other is at E as in Elephant, Thomas1975. That's my more personal one. If you want to hear whatever's in my head, go for it. It's a jumbled up mess. I'll just warn you now. Uh, I do have a Instagram at ET13 Productions, and I do have a Facebook. If you want to friend it, it's the one with the face that's been blurred out. So Elijah Thomas on Facebook, if you really want to. Um, all those ways you can contact me as well as on Discord through the Kaiju Conversation server. Um, as for the podcast, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes that boosts our ratings and helps us get recommended to more people just like you. Recently, we have been review bombed, and so if you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star rating, get that, uh, that average score up so more people can check us out. That would be awesome. If you don't have an Apple device, which I don't blame you, I don't. You can tweet us and follow us on Twitter at K-A-I-J-U underscore C-O-N-V-E-R-S. If you don't have either of those, you can like us on Facebook and leave us a review there, or follow us on Instagram and contact us through that way. If you're like me before podcasting and you don't have any social media, I don't blame you. little jealous of you. <laughs> um, you can email us at kaijuconversation at gmail.com. All lowercase, all one word, you know the drill. We'll read your five-star reviews on air for everybody to hear, as we greatly appreciate them. We also have merchandise on Teespring. It's just our logo. If you're interested, it's a thing. Uh, eventually, we'll get other artwork on there, I promise. 
Or if you'd like to chat with me or others, like these lovely gentlemen in our Discord server one-on-one, or just in general in a voice chat or through text, you can join our Discord server. We have every uh, every month we have a bonus episode, one for YouTube, one for our regular cast, um, where you can join in and be a part of the conversation, the kaiju conversation. But it's... And as I just mentioned, please don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as we do upload exclusive content. We have an interview with Mechagodzilla designer Jared Kurchevizeski. I probably butchered that last name. I apologize. And we do have a upcoming series called Toku Fandom Tales that I uh, do every other month where I interview one person from our Discord server for about 10 minutes to get you introduced to people just like you. A huge thanks to Rex for editing these podcasts. It's a lot of work, and, you know, he doesn't get paid for it. I I swear I offered him money. Don't take that the wrong way. A huge thanks to him for editing these. His stuff can be found down below. And a huge thanks to these fine gentlemen, Juan, Geek, and William, for hopping on this podcast and talking about what they classify a kaiju, daikaiju, seijin. Kaijin, Henshin, and Yokai, along with J-Horror and Tokusatsu, and an interesting anime conversation. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Oh, more than happy to and, come on. Yeah, it was great. And with that, thank you guys so much for listening and being a part of this awesome podcast we've got. And please remember, life's too short to not talk big. Bye, guys. Sayonara. See ya. Ciao.